Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to um, Such Like Podcast. Happy Monday. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving, um, however it looked, with whoever you were with. Um, I hope it was fun and I hope that it was peaceful and I hope that there was no drama and I just hope that you were able to feel kind of a little normalcy in what has been a very not normal year. Um, I find you know, apart from Thanksgiving, just sitting with my family in the evening, um, whether it be to eat dinner or watch a movie or play a game, I find like normalcy in that. Like that is very um, comforting to me because honestly, our whole entire world can change and our whole entire culture can change. But something that can't change for me is my family. Like we're here together and I feel the most comforted when I'm with them. And, um, you know, we might not be able to go out, we might have a curfew, but we can still have that like family dynamic, um, of sitting together for now, at least. (laughs) And I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and I am going to jump into today's podcast. A couple of weeks ago, um, I did a teaser for doubt and faith and I'm going to go ahead and share um, I guess the, the rest of that, like the actual podcast now for, um, what I had of the teaser. And the reason I ended up not going through with, um, recording it and posting it is it because it's actually what the Lord ended up shaping to give to me to speak to, um, the little woman's gathering conference that we had called flourish. So if you want to flourish this November 30th, today, this Monday, keep listening um, for what God wants to speak to you. Uh, So obviously, a very fearful time, a very doubtful time. I think if you were to take just the election and COVID away, um, which in itself has created so much fear and so much doubt in people, I think we can... I think it's safe to say that we can address the fact that even if this crazy stuff wasn't happening, we would still be experiencing doubt and fear because we're human and that's just what we do. We experience doubt in our jobs. We experience doubt in the type of mother we are. We experience doubt in the type of wife we are. If you're a college student, you experience doubt in how well you did on a test sometimes. Um, We experience doubt in ourselves where we're comparing our bodies and our voices and our gifts and our talents to other people. Um, And none of that has to do with COVID and none of that has to do with the election. That all just has to do with the fact, like I said, that we're human. So if you don't experience doubt and fear, I would love for you to message me what your secret is because I truly want to know because nobody had to teach me how to doubt myself and nobody had to teach me fear. It's just something that comes natural to us as imperfect people. So if you have conquered that, please let me know how you did that. I would love to know. (laughs) Maybe we can do a podcast and I can apply it. Um, No, I'm kidding, obviously, because I think we're lying if we say that that's something that we don't struggle with. And it may not be something you struggle with immensely, but there has been some point in your life where you have doubted yourself or your calling or um, your ability. So how do we fix doubt and fear Um, if it's something that comes natural and if it's something that is just going to keep happening? 
And I am here to tell you that. And this is where the story of Esther comes in. Um, I love the story of Esther. Growing up, we talk about Esther and the vibes people have given me about Esther based off of my the teachings that I've heard of her are she was confident, she was bold, um, she was daring, she was beautiful, she was strong, she was courageous, and those are all definitely characteristics and attributes of Esther. But I want to hone in on something that we just like gloss over, and that is the fact that Esther had doubt. If you don't know the story of Esther, I'm going to give you a really, really quick rundown. Basically, there was a king. He got drunk. He wanted his queen, who was Vashti, to come before him. She was like, you're drunk. I'm not coming before you. He got really, really mad. He ended up banishing her. But because men can't live without women, he decided to basically host a um, beauty pageant search for a new queen. Esther becomes queen. Esther is a Jew. Esther has an uncle who is also a Jew named Mordecai. Mordecai has beef with a man named Haman who works for the king. And so what Haman decides to do to get over this beef with Mordecai is kill the Jews. And like I said, Esther and Mordecai are Jews. So Mordecai starts mourning because his people are about to be like slaughtered. And Esther's servant sees that he is mourning and he goes to tell Esther. And so um, at this time, Esther has become queen. She won that beauty pageant search for queen. <laughs> so she's become queen and she is on the inside of this. Um, and so Mordecai basically tells her, Hey, this is what's happening. Um, Haman has plotted to destroy and kill Jews. And Hey, in case you didn't remember, you're a Jew and I want you to go talk to the King. And so that brings us to what we're going to talk about today. And Esther is like, you want me to go talk to the king? And she's not super excited. She's not ready to go before the king. And I'm going to tell you why. And this is going to be a little bit of a verse. So Esther 4, verse 10. Um, and Esther gave Mordecai this message. If any man or woman goes to the inner courtyard and sees the king without being called, that person must die. That is the law for everyone from the king and from his advisors to all of the people and the provinces, and everybody knows that. So she's basically telling Mordecai, if I go before him, I'm going to die. And she immediately feels doubt. She immediately feels fear. She's not immediately like, yes, I'm going to change the destiny of our people. And like I said, I feel like we gloss over this. We don't talk about the fact that Esther was really doubtful. She was very afraid of going before the king because that meant death. And so Mordecai basically tells her, so if you're silent, you're going to die. Um, help is going to come from some other place because God is faithful to his people. But if you're quiet, you will perish. And then Esther's like, whoa, man, that's kind of, that's a lot to put on me. And I think she thinks and she looks inwardly and she's like, okay, you know what? This is my uncle. He loves me. He's speaking into what is probably my calling and probably my destiny. And so then her voice changes. Then her tune um, changes. She starts to sing a different song and then enters the Esther that I have known of being courageous and brave. And so she tells Mordecai, yes, I will go before the king. And if I perish, I perish. If I die, I will die. But I will do what I feel like God is calling me to do. And so... <laughs> 
I feel like there are a couple of things that Esther did to overcome her initial response of doubt and fear. And the first thing that she did was she was vocal about it. And we have to be vocal about what we are struggling with, our fears and our doubts. What the enemy wants to do is make us feel like we are alone. We don't talk to our fellow friend um, about what we're experiencing because we don't want to look weak and we don't want to look like we don't have it all together. And that was never God's intention. He wants us to be rela- have relationship with people. Um, our relationship with God is supposed to mirror our relationship with other people. And when we're hurting, we go to God. And when we don't understand, we go to God. And what he wants for us is to have a group of people that we can go to and that we can vocalize real life stuff. We should not feel alone. And it's only the enemy that makes us feel alone. If we're struggling with depression, we should feel like we can talk about it. If we're struggling with feeling like a failure as a wife, there should be people we feel like we can go talk to. Not people who are going to judge us, but people who are going to sit with us and say, I've been there, sis. Let's get through it. We can overcome this. And so that's the very first thing. We think it's weakness when we share our struggles, but it's really strength. It really is making other people say, oh my gosh, I struggle with that too. Like, I don't feel alone now. And there is strength in numbers and the enemy knows that. So next time that you um, feel like you can't share what you're going through with somebody for fear of looking weak or fear of being alone, um, that's totally the devil because there's probably 20 million other women who are feeling the same thing you're feeling. And what is going to happen when you go and you share that struggle is you're actually going to find grace and you're actually going to find strength in numbers. And that is where our weakness is turned to strength. So that's the first thing that Esther did. She confronted this fear by speaking out this fear to Mordecai saying, look, if I go before the king, I'm going to die. I don't want to die. I'm scared to die. And then the other thing is Mordecai had some, or Esther had somebody that could speak into her life. And that was Mordecai. Mordecai loved her. Mordecai had actually raised Esther. Her parents had died. And, and so he he, he raised her. He loved her. He was able to speak into her life and develop what God was calling Esther to do that she couldn't see because of her fear and because of her doubt. And it is so important to have people that we allow to speak into our lives. If you think you know everything and you do not have somebody in your life who can correct you and tell you that you're wrong, and hear it and not get upset about it, but to actually respect this person and listen to what they're saying, you are in a very dangerous and bad place because we have not reached perfection. We don't know everything. And it is so important to be open to growing. It is so important to be open to saying, I don't know everything. And that's really hard to do. I understand that. But what I've come to the realization of is that I would rather become a better person truly than just to say I want to be a better person. And so that means that when somebody comes to me with correction or comes to speak into my life, I am going to be open to it. And even sometimes if it's something I don't agree with, I'm going to be open to it because at the end of the day, I want to change and I want to grow. And um, I think a perfect example of that is I shared on social media um, a couple of weeks ago, 
I think I'm a pretty patient person. I used to be a really patient person. And then I was driving with Dave one day and he was like, you're not very patient. And I was like, yes, I am. What are you talking about? And, you know, like we kind of laughed and joked and then that was that. But I was like, actually like really took it to like my, not to heart, like it hurt my feelings, but I was like, is there like truth to this? Like, I know he said it and like, he could just be having like been silly, but is there truth to this? And I start seeing the Lord show me like areas where I'm not patient and I could be more patient. And so I took that. I let, um, I let my husband speak into my life. I was open to him and no matter how it came about, like if it was a joke, you know, or if like he really meant it, but didn't want to hurt my feelings. So he said it in a joking way. It, none of that matters. What matters is there was something I was struggling with and he spoke into my life and was like, shed light on it. And then instead of shutting it down and saying, nope, you're wrong, I kind of entertained it. And I was like, okay, is there truth to this? Do I struggle with patience? And lo and behold, the Lord showed me, you struggle with patience. And then since then, it's so funny because like every little Bible study I've done on my phone or every little devotional or like I follow some people who speak inspiring words, it's literally all been on patience. And so the Lord is definitely, that's something that he's showing me, but he he used Dave to speak that into my life and to show me that because I didn't realize I was struggling with patience. Um, and so it, it's, it's super important to have people in your life that can speak into your life, that can speak into your destiny, can speak into your calling, can help you face your fear or help you face um, your shortcomings and help you overcome them. Another thing that Esther did was fast and pray. And is this not like the basic most basic thing that we talk about as Christians, like read your Bible and pray. And we say it so much that I think we lose how important it truly is to read your Bible and to pray. Anybody can say anything. Anybody can misquote verses. It is so important for you to be in your Bible for yourself. You, um, I, there's like a verse in the Bible that talks about like when I was a baby, I had milk And so when we're younger and we're growing up, you know, we have people who teach us the Bible. We have our parents who teach us verses and we go to children's church and and we go to Sunday school. But as we get older, there should be a transfer where we're no longer just hearing from other people, but we're actually reading the word of God for ourselves. And same with prayer. I remember being a little girl and my dad would sit in um, my room with me and he would say prayers over me. And then eventually I got old enough and he taught me how to pray. And now I pray and I can't try. I can't live on other people's prayers for me. I can't live on the pastor reading the Bible and speaking, um, on Sunday. That is not enough to sustain me. That is not enough to help me overcome the craziness of this world. The craziness of being a sinful human with a sinful nature, We struggle every day and you know what? If we're not reading God's word and we're not praying, we're not going to overcome our struggles. So really, if you really, really want to overcome your doubt and fear, the very basic thing that you need to do is to start reading your Bible and to start praying. 
And it doesn't have to look any certain way. I literally just pray to God on my way to work in the car. Or once Ivy's gone down for a nap, I just, it doesn't even have to be out loud. It can be in your mind. It's great if it's out loud because the enemy can hear it then. And then he knows that you're strengthening yourself, but it doesn't have to be. And same with reading the Bible. Um, if you only have 20 minutes and you're driving to work, just the Bible app literally reads to you. <laughs> like you can press play and it'll read to you. And that is getting in God's word. It's very, very important. Um, And the last thing that Esther did to overcome her doubt and her fear was she acknowledged that no matter what happened, God was in control. Um, She showed her doubt and she showed her fear. Mordecai spoke into her life. She prayed over that doubt and that fear and over the words of wisdom that Mordecai gave her. And then she returned her response in return to Mordecai was, I will go before the king and I will do now what I feel like is my destiny. And if I die, then I die. But I will die knowing that I did what God called me to do. And so we always have to give it back to God. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, Overcoming our doubt and our fear isn't going to happen overnight. But acknowledging the fact that God understands exactly where you're at He's not asking perfection from you. He never has and he never will. Thank the Lord. I appreciate and love that about him so much that he understands the shortcomings we have and he understands the struggles we have. He understands that as women, we're a little bit more catty sometimes and we're a little bit more comparing. Um, He understands all of that. He literally made you, the good, the bad, and the, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, he designed you and, and he knows what you struggle with and he wants to help you. And I think that we ultimately, at the end of the day, need to say, you know, even if I don't grasp this overcoming doubt and fear today, I'm going to give thanks to God and I'm going to glorify God and I'm going to keep working on it. And whatever happens, happens. Now, obviously, what should happen is over time, <laughs> we grow and we begin to flourish and we begin to change because if our heart is really truly saying that we want to change and we want to overcome these struggles we have, then we're really truly going to change. It's not going to happen overnight sometimes, most of the time. It's going to be um, a process and that is like anything. It's It's a process, learning and growing and developing and becoming a better person. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, it's a process and, and God knows that and he understands that and he wants to be there with you and he wants you to have people in your life who can help you, people who can speak life into you and challenge you and help you grow and just friends in general that you can be true and real with, like you can be truthful and real with. Um, so yes, <laughs> that is my little podcast on doubt and fear and so um, as I was speaking, if there was something that came to your mind, I want you um, to write it down. If you write, if you journal, I want you to go ahead and write it down, your doubt or your fear. And that is a simply a way of acknowledging it like Esther did, speaking it out loud. She acknowledged her doubt and her fear by saying, I don't want to die. I don't think you're right, Mordecai. I don't think I should go before the king because I'm going to die. So that's kind of your way of acknowledging whatever doubt and whatever fear you may be facing. Um, and then just pray on it. If you have a friend, you can share it with, share it with them and they can encourage you and they can help you. 
and pray and read your Bible. Pray over this doubt. Pray over this fear. And guess what? When you open up your Bible, the way God works is he's going to start showing you verses that are going to help you overcome your doubt and your fear because he's not going to ask you to be better and then not help you be better. He is not going to say, this is where I need you to be and then not tell you how to get there. The great thing about God is he's always guiding. He's always providing. Where he leads us, he will feed us. That is such an old, old quote, like in super churchy quote, but it's, it's really true. Where he guides, he will provide and where he leads, he will feed. And so he's going to help you and he wants to help you. He just wants you to open up your heart to uh, be helped. So that is the end of this podcast day. I hope you guys have um, a wonderful rest of the week as we enter into December. And I'm still praying that we all just, um, as we're facing the holidays a little bit differently, that we keep peace and we keep, um, the drama away and we keep the love open and we keep our arms open and we become patient with each other, with our husbands, with our kids, with our friends, with our moms, with our dads, with our crazy families that we just, that we can be a breath of fresh air to the people in our life during this kind of crazy and insane time. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. And that concludes today's podcast. XOXO. Bye.